to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Glad you've joined us today. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week. Last week, we talked about two key elements of the science of mind, the power of our word and the activity of the law. So the power of our word is that ability to make a pronouncement almost on behalf of spirit itself as to something that we would like to see changed in our affairs. So it could be a pronouncement, a word of health. It could be a pronouncement or a word of, uh, of abundance or joy or peace. And in fact, I, I, I gave you a little cheat sheet last week, which I think is in your program this week too, that talks about 13 of the power words of God that you you might think of in terms of a pronouncement. And we, of course, use the biblical reference from uh, from the New Testament, let there be light. And you'll remember we practiced, right? Let there be light. <laughs> and and, and wow, well, that sounded kind of good. Actually, let's try that together. Let there be light. Okay, so that is the way the word works, right? We weren't second-guessing ourselves. We were just saying it. We were being bold. And we can do the same thing with any of these qualities of God. If you want a healing, if you want more wisdom, if you want more enjoyment in life, the trick is to not, how do I want to say this, not psych yourself out, not think you have to settle for less, not not backpedal and say, why me or, or why do I deserve this? Anything that you can hold in your heart, and anything that you can hold in your mind and do it with confidence, that is the word. That's the power of the word. That's in theory what was used to create the heavens and the earth and what is still being used to create our experience of the world. Now there was, you'll remember also last week, the tiniest little caveat, just the the teeny tiniest little reminder that unfortunately sometimes we can actually use the power of our word in negative ways. Have you ever heard someone kind of self-sabotage themselves by, by almost doing a little affirmation of something negative? Like, like someone saying, Oh, I'm never, I never buy a lottery ticket because I'm the most unlucky person on the planet. Yikes. I hope not, right? It's like, let's cut ourselves a break. But what I often do see is little ways that we sabotage our own experience of the world through this power of the word. We make a pronouncement uh, almost in good faith, but it's a negative thing, something that we certainly wouldn't wish on anyone we loved, but why why do we do it to ourselves? Why do we look in the mirror and say, this is anything less than beauty? Why do we look at our bank account and say, oh my gosh, I'm poor and I'm always going to be poor, right? These are the little things that we do, and it is actually using the power of our word, but that's the gotcha. Because that law that we talked about last week, you know, it's not very good at judging what's best for us. The law simply takes the power of your word and, and, and sort of mysteriously creates your experience of the world to match that pronouncement. So if that pronouncement is about love and life, it's like, oh boy, you know, I'm set up. That sounds nice, right? But if that pronouncement is around self-doubt or lack, 
Unfortunately, it tends to bring more of the same. It's just the way it works. And I've heard people say, God knows best. And I take a little issue with that. It isn't that God doesn't know best in the universal scheme of things. It isn't that God doesn't know perfect love and perfect light and perfect joy. But God is not a human being. God is not a guy sitting on a throne on a cloud somewhere that has human values and human expectations, right? And so if you are drawing to you negativity, God isn't going to say, oh, well, Larry shouldn't have that. He's a good guy. No matter what he says, I'm going to give him happiness and light. God doesn't work that way. God uses that power of your word and through the mysterious force of the law, it creates your experience of what's going on in the world. It, and, and it simply always works that way. And so don't think that God knows better about your own personal life than you do. God may know better about the cosmos. May, God may ha have universal plans for love and life and joy. But if you want to see your own situation improve, you have to make your own pronouncement. You have to use the power of your own word more specifically for what you want to experience in the world. Make sense? Okay, well, I'm going to move on today because uh, it does bring up a couple questions. This whole, uh, my whole talk last week, I hope some of you at least were doubting Thomas's, right? I hope a couple of you had a couple questions going on and I can think of what at least one of them was. That's the question of facts. Well, well, Larry, you might say it's all very well to say one of the qualities of God is wholeness. And so therefore the essence of every person, every place and every situation is that it's whole and perfect. Uh, but Larry, uh, you haven't been to the doctor with me before. Because <laughs> the doctor seems to think there's all kinds of things wrong with me. Or you might say, well, well, Larry, it's fine to say that the universe is unparalleled in its infinity and abundance. But I got to tell you, at the end of the month, when I sit down to pay my bills, oftentimes it doesn't look so abundant. So what about these? Are, are these not facts? Are these not true? And so I do want to highlight a little bit of the difference between facts and truth. So facts are the things that in our human experience, okay, now, now think about this for a minute. They're, they're things that you will notice in our human experience. And so they are true, but with like a, a little T on, on the truth. And so it may be that from time to time, it is difficult to get all your bills paid. It may be from time to time that you do find yourself ill in some way. Those are personal facts in this human realm. But I got to tell you, above and beyond our human experience, metaphysically, there is only perfection, only love, only joy, only peace. God isn't sick. God isn't lacking for anything. God is, uh, is never anything but joyous and peaceful, right? And because we are made out of God's stuff, because we are made in God's image, all of those things are available to us. And you'll remember last week I talked about the potato chip syndrome. I hope a few of you uh, got a laugh after that. And the idea was, well, okay, I may not have potato chips with me right now when I'm sitting on the sofa watching a good program on TV, but I know they're just in the next room. 
right? I'm lacking them. It's true. They're not in a bowl in my lap, and I'm not munching on them. But the potato chip syndrome is not difficult to solve, right? They're just in the next room. And if I happen to be out, I can get in the car and go down the street to the store and get them. The fact that they're not in my possession right now does not mean that they're not mine. It does not mean that I shall not have them. And the same is true about wealth. The same is true about health. The same is true about peace. You may not be feeling it right now. The fact of your condition right now may be contrary to that. But think about it as though it's just in the next room. In the next room is the truth of abundance. Just in the next room is the truth of health. Just a few steps away is the reality of harmony in your household. This, too, is the way it works. And those we think of it as absolutes. Those are truth with a capital T. God is love, and that's love with a capital L. God is joy with a capital J. Now, from time to time, these may not be your experiences. And so your own personal truth, the, the facts, the earthly facts, Maybe in contrast with this, and, and don't get me wrong, uh, we're all about compassion in this faith as well, right? We try to meet people where we are. No one's going to come up to you and say, well, what's in your thinking that, that, that made this tragedy in your life? We, we understand that stuff happens, and we're here to support you in that. But I would also say that those are simply current facts going on. And when we look to a higher truth, when we look to our own unity with spirit, that God that is always abundant, that God that is always joyous, that, that God that has unlimited supply, that God that is whole and perfect, when we look to that, suddenly we find ourselves in alignment with a higher truth. And it is that alignment with a higher truth that creates a healing, that brings the love, that allows us to outpicture the peace. And so one of the homework assignments that I gave you last week was to simply come armed today. And I'm going to mention it today because we're going to do an exercise. We're going to have a group healing at the end of the talk today. And so I'm hoping that you all have something that you'd like to be healed. And your, your little handout here has just some suggestions. On the right-hand side, gosh, there's a whole sea of issues, of, of things that you might like to experience more of. So for instance, in the, the category of joy, there's amusement, bliss, comfort, delight, uh, glee, humor, wonder. You know, Are any of these things that you would like to experience more of in this life, right? So just simply pick any of the, gosh, there's probably about a hundred things on the right-hand side there that you would like to experience more of in this life. And we're going to accomplish that this afternoon. We're going to have a group healing. Now you might say, why is it a healing? Why are you thinking of it as a healing? To be anything less than your heart's desire, I think means that there's some barrier to it. I think it means that there's some thought process, some, some something that's actually keeping you from experiencing that. 
Because if indeed we're made in God's image, and if indeed God is love, and if indeed all these other things are true, then why, why is that not me? Why am I not always experiencing love? The only thing I can come up with is that a healing of some kind needs to happen. Most likely a healing of either my thinking or my emotions. Somewhere along the line I've been hurt, Somewhere along the line, I've gotten the idea that I'm not worthy of love or that love is too hard. And, and you could look at any of those qualities of God that you might be having trouble with. Let's say uh, maybe you're in a contentious relationship, right? How did that come about? If God is harmony, I mean, you look out in the night sky, doesn't it look like grand harmony, right? The stars aren't like dancing around and, you know, in a fight with each other and things like that. So why is that harmony not in my life? See, I think that's a, a purely human question. And most likely something needs to be healed. Some, something that has gone wrong in previous relationships, some, some trouble, something that, that were there to be a healing, you would then be in alignment with that absolute truth of harmony or that absolute truth of love. And so that's what I'm promising, actually, you today. And uh, I want to uh, give you a little anecdote. Oh, wait a minute. First, I should do my joke, though, shouldn't I? So a fellow goes to a certain sort of doctor. I think you know which kind. And the doctor decides it might help to find out what's going on in the fellow's subconscious. So he decides to give him the Rorschach test. So the doctor holds up the first card and asks, what do you see? And try to be as honest as you can. Well, the fellow looks intently and says, I see an old, sad, overworked man, tired of doing the same thing over and over, only visited when other people need something from him, and never being appreciated enough. Well, I appreciate your honesty, said the doctor, but I meant, what do you see on the card? <laughs> and so that brings up the issue of honesty with yourself. Sometimes I think we're our own worst enemies. Sometimes I think that we settle for way less than we should. I think sometimes we think that our good can only be so large, that love can only be just so much beyond what we've experienced before. Sometimes I think that our small t truth, we have blown it up as though it were the absolute truth that we've taken an experience that happened to us, sometimes 20, 30 years earlier when someone said something that was critical or negative, and that was a small t truth at that time, right? Maybe you were the precocious kid that got into trouble. Maybe you did make some mistakes that, that in hindsight weren't the smartest thing to do, right? We, we all have lives. We all make mistakes. But because of that one incident which probably had the element of small t truth in it. It did happen. It was my experience. Suddenly you labeled it with the big T and you've said, this is just who I am. I'm clumsy. I'm not lovable. I'm not very smart. I'm not attractive to other people. Who knows what might come out of my mouth. I'm just not very good at speaking. We need to undo those. We need to put them back in their proper perspectives. We need to be able to say, yes, that is something that happened. 
It's just something that happened, right? You don't feel anything in the pit of your stomach. You don't take it personal. Do you see the difference between just being a fact and allowing it not to affect you in any particular way? So what I'm inviting us to do, what I'm really saying that we need to be able to do is to look back on some of those elements, some of those facts that happened in our life and say, yes, but that is not the truth of me. The truth of me is that I'm capable and lovable. The truth of me is that I'm good in relationships. The truth of me is that I attract amazing places to work and amazing coworkers, that I have a lot of harmony and grace around. The truth of me is that abundance is my middle name and everything I touch turns into success. And when you can overlook those, those past experiences and move into the absolute world, when you move into God's world, your whole life is changed forever. Because what I have noticed is when you get good at one thing, suddenly you start getting good at a whole bunch of things. When you start being able to identify yourselves, for instance, with something like abundance or something like beauty or something like joy, when you really see that is the truth of you, and when you come into alignment, you suddenly start noticing, oh, wait a minute, it's not just abundance, right? My whole life is blessed. Suddenly, it's not just an abundance of money, it's an abundance of love, and it's abundance of joy, and it's abundance of wholeness. Or, or take one of the other qualities of God. Let's say you've really got the wholeness down part of it. You go to the gym, you're super fit, you enjoy lots of sports, you're in great shape. The doctor says you're going to live to be a thousand years old, right? When you've got that nailed down, oh my gosh, suddenly the whole world looks like wholeness. And so there's a wholeness in your finances and there's a wholeness in your love. Do you see? It's like we, we talk about these things as though they're separate. And yet I will tell you when you get one of them, it's the invitation to get life itself, to experience life itself. And so today we're actually going to do that, uh, but I want to read a little bit of uh, Ernest Holmes here as he talks about this idea of going for what's big. Because the other thing that I know about most of us is that we settle way too much for the lesser part of our lives. And so here's what he has to say about that. He says, the individual who gets the biggest concept of what we call life is the one who gets the biggest flow into his or her word. And so it has the biggest power. We are too little, too picky, unish, too personal, too full of those nasty little things that we think of ourselves and others. We have got to accept things in a big, big way. My idea of health is that health simply is. It is complete. It is total. I do not think of health as having degrees as good, better, or almost well. We should take our standpoint as the highest possible means. And so what he is saying here really is to go for the gusto. I taught a class a few years ago, um, and it, uh, it was one of our foundational classes. And in it, we were learning how to write science of mind treatments or affirmative prayers out. And we're going to end our, our lecture here today with that. But uh, one of the, the gentlemen in the class, we worked so hard on it. And, and I said, well, so what is it you want in the third part of the treatment? You 
lay out what it is you want to experience in the world. And he said, well, I, I want $843,922.87, basically. And I said, wow, well, a specificity is good. It's good to let God know what, what you want to experience. Uh, do you mind telling me a little bit about that? And he said, well, I've calculated this out with my financial planner, and that's the exact amount of money that I need to have in my 401k so I can retire. And I went, uh, okay, uh, that's nice. But I thought to myself, is that really it? And so I asked him, well, okay, but what will retirement bring to you? Obviously, you'll, you'll get to stop doing what you're doing right now. I think he was a real estate agent, if I remember right. Uh, so, so you'll have more leisure time. But is that why you want to retire, just for leisure time? Uh, you know, tell me more about retirement. And he said, well, I haven't really thought about it yet. I don't really even know what I would do. Do you see the problem with this kind of prayer? It's like he could get that money, but is he going to be satisfied with re retirement if he has no clue as to what it is? See, he was confusing, I think, an idea of the thing instead of the thing. So that's what I'm encouraging us to do today. Think beyond the thing and into the experience. So, for example, if abundance is an issue that you want to work on today, if you want to be healed of poverty and lack, that's great. But what is the money going to do for you, right? Maybe it's really freedom that you want. Maybe it's a, really a sense of satisfaction or success. And the same, I would say, is true for health or, or any of the things that might be bothering us, anything that we want a healing from. If that thing were corrected, what's the experience it would bring you? And I would suggest we can skip the middle person here and just go for the experience. If money would bring you security, then let's pray for security. If, uh, if love would bring you a sense of contentment, then let's pray for contentment. Do you know what I mean? Let's go for the bigger issue. Let's, let's go big with this. And, and if you want something, if you're fairly clear in your own mind, well, I want more love, then let's even upscale that. Why just love for you? Why not universal love? Let's all be in love with each other. It's certainly going to bring you love if we're bringing love to everybody. This is what Ernest Holmes is really talking about, that biggest container of life that we can embrace, that we can hold the biggest container of it, will bound to bring us blessings. So not only do we want a healing for us as individuals, let's heal the whole room. Let's heal the whole city, for gosh sakes. We've lived through some interesting times the last year and a half in Portland, Oregon. What about a universal healing, or maybe for the entire country? Let us not think small, because in God's mind, it's really all the same. In God's mind, there is only love, there is only wholeness, there is only joy, and it doesn't just apply to a single person. It's just as easy. Now here, again, some of you may take me to task later, and that, that would be fine. I would love to talk to someone about it. But there is probably no difference to God between bringing about world peace and peace in your own household. It's simply the level of consciousness to which we human beings bring to it. Well, are we ready for a healing? 
Let me summarize, and then we'll get on to our healing. So today we covered three essential things that will allow us to put the power of our word into practice and today. The first is the difference between an earthly fact and a divine truth. We're going to allow the facts to be what they are. Yes, maybe you weigh more than you'd like. Yes, maybe some test says you're not as smart as you would like or whatever it is. Those might well be facts, but we are not going to allow those to limit us from God's truth. And God is beauty and God is wisdom and God is abundance. The second thing we learned is that the absolute knows no big and no little. It's just as easy for God to heal a hangnail or an entire body or a political system. Healing and wholeness is healing and wholeness. And then the other thing that we've been uh, working towards, and we'll use this in our, in our final prayer, our treatment here together, our group healing, is the idea of the absolute. That idea that beyond any appearances, there is an absolute template of joy, of peace, of love. It's God's very nature. And because we are of God, it is accessible to us always. Well, on to our homework and a healing. So this coming week, I want you to build your faith. I would like you to approach every obstacle, big or small, that comes your way with this idea of what is the absolute truth of this situation. So, so let's say you stub your big toe and you're limping around. Now, we know God is whole. So the truth of my situation right now is that I'm temporarily experiencing a pain, but in my mind I know that I am whole and perfect as God made me. Let's say that you uh, get a bill that you weren't expecting. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> we got our water bill the other day, and apparently all those beautiful plants that are growing out in the yard um, <laughs> came at a greater expense than I had thought, right? So I might have the fact of the moment being, holy gosh, I have a $400 water bill to pay. It was. It was over $400. But the f truth is, that I am absolutely abundant. There is nothing holding me back. I can do the things I need to do and the things that I want to do. And so that's your homework for this week. Every time you're presented with an obstacle, every time that something comes up that is not the way you would like it to be, go ahead, acknowledge it. You do have to deal with it, right? I had to pay the water bill. <laughs> if I step my toe, I really should get a Band-Aid out and take care of it, right? I totally agree. We need to carry on with business, but at the same time, hold yourself to a higher absolute truth because those are the things that will heal you from the condition. And just as though the potato chips are in the next room, say to yourself, okay, all right, I don't know where the money's going to come from, but I know that it's just in the next room. Okay, are we good with homework this week? Now, uh, normally I do, of course, a lovely prayer of my own, but I thought I would treat you to something of Ernest Holmes. So, so I think I need to set this up, first of all. The book was written in uh, 1920, and at that time he was teaching this class with about 40 people in this class, and he led them in a group healing, which I would like to do with you today. 
So you'll remember your homework from last time was to pick something in your life that you would either like to see healed or enhanced in some way. Somehow change your conditions for the better. And so keep that in your mind right now as we do a group healing. He says, take something that you feel your mind can encompass, something which you have a mental cognizance within you now, and then realize that this word with which you speak is surrounded by an active power which projects itself around the word, forms the thing which the word embodies, and objectifies it in some way. And we do not have to know the way. No matter how big this thing you have got, just forget it. It's easy to demonstrate a big thing as a little thing. The whole thing must be done without any sense of strain. God does not struggle. God just knows the truth. We feel we are using the one power that exists. We believe and know that our word which is spoken forth into the power is a law of good. Saying this here and now, we know there is nothing that can hinder us. And with perfect confidence, let us each take that thing which we are working on, that particular issue in our lives, and the treatment which I shall give is for myself and also for each one of you to treat yourself. And our united consciousness or belief strengthens everyone's. I am thinking now of the thing I am working on for myself, and I am, and I invite you to, and it is a great big thing. I feel that my consciousness is big enough to realize what it is, that it's mine to have this thing. I feel that my mind can give birth to it, and so I know that the word which I am speaking now is the law. I can just feel it surrounded by infinite intelligence and power. I know this word. I embody this word. I can feel it. It's backed up by the infinite life, that very presence of the power and life which permeates this word is enough to destroy any thought which is negative or which is a suggestion of limitation. This word of law, this immediate activity, this thing, I realize that it is one with the law now. There are no obstructions to its path. Nothing can keep it away. Neither people, place, nor things, because none of those can intercept it. It is done. Perfect harmony, perfect abundance, beauty, freedom, joy, love, peace, power, wisdom, wholeness. That law of perfect attraction is in me, which the Spirit of the Almighty is in me, because I believe. I know that this thing is going out, and it is drawing that thing back to me. Just feel that you have passed this whole issue over to the infinite power and feel that it is being taken up with love. We have no personal responsibility. The good of all life and all activity and all power and all love and all attraction, the irresistible power of the Spirit which sweeps before it everything and knows all and knows all and knows all for it to be done. And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.